Hey everyone, welcome back to yet another episode of The Other Perspective. This is your host, Fatima, and today I have a very special guest with me. Um, so, it's my little brother, his name is Suhaib, and he's a hockey player. And he enjoys recording podcasts with me in, in his free time. Um, say hi. Hi. Yeah, so, um, yeah. <laughs> And today we're going to be talking a little bit about development and community-based development and why it's important and a really good alternative to um, regular development. So before we dive a little bit into um, community-based initiatives and why they're really important in the context of um, underdeveloped countries, Swipe is going to tell us a little bit about why uh, development matters. So take it away, Swipe. Um, So why are countries underdeveloped? Development happens after a war when a country is rebuilding or like in poor countries where they can be in a bad situation and they're not improving. And also after a war, there are certain laws that need to be made for improvement and make the situation that caused the war better. Good job. (laughs) That was actually really good. Um, So... Yeah, so basically to reiterate what he said, basically development just happens in underdeveloped countries where there's no growth happening and most people live in poverty. And um, development is needed to make sure that the issues that cause the conflict are mended and both political and community initiatives are a part of development. So development is usually done from a top-down approach where developed countries use their own techniques and strategies as aid for underdeveloped countries. The problem with this is that it usually is not effective because governments and nonprofits don't have the cultural competency to understand the needs of people from different cultures. And so they end up implementing these really complicated and costly, um, these complicated and costly policies that literally cost trillions of dollars. And the international community has spent so much money giving aid and none of this aid has actually achieved anything useful. Um, so, I'm going to talk a little bit about why sometimes people who are trying to help actually end up making problems worse instead of fixing them and why this happens. And actually, I'm going to give it to Suhaib for a little while to let us know about this. Sometimes the people who are helping actually end up making problems worse instead of fixing them. Those living in countries that are affected by this are left out of making decisions that are being made regarding their own life's decisions and their country's future. Instead of stopping the help, a good way to make the best of resources is to make sure citizens are involved in planning. So thank you very much, Sulaip, for doing that. I really appreciate thank it. Thank you. Um, so basically, just to reiterate what he said, people living in the countries that are impacted by these issues that prompt development to happen are usually excluded from this conversation they're excluded from making decisions for themselves and from implementing these decisions so instead of saying that aid should be withdrawn completely um, a good way to make the best of the resources that the international community has is to make sure that citizens are involved in both the planning and the execution process so one very good alternative that emerged in the 1990s is called community driven development Um, it's kind of a 
derivative of the more traditional forms of development and it gives power to a community that's being helped to make decisions for themselves. The good thing about it is that this is a sustainable way to create long-term impact because it gives locals ownership of the project and it allows them to self-govern. And the thing about it is the process has to be community-driven and community-led. Otherwise, it won't work. So if you are in a room and you're the one making all the decisions and you just have the community members vote on which decision... <clears throat> sorry, um, vote on which decision they like better, <laughs> that won't work. Because, I'm sorry, my brother is still in the room and he's making me laugh. But if you are in a room with people and you have... um kind of a forum where you are the one that proposes the different types of solutions and you have people vote on them, that doesn't work. The solutions have to be proposed by the people who are being affected by the issue and they're the ones who have to come up completely with the process of what's going to happen to them and determine that for themselves. So you might be asking, how do we get locals to participate? Because a lot of times people just aren't interested, they're exhausted and they're tired of whatever conflict they've been a part of. And even though they do want to see things get better, they might just be too exhausted to participate in things like this, especially when when it comes from a source that they feel that they have to distrust because of atrocities that have been committed against them. Um, so how do we get locals to participate? Well, first of all, you got to build that trust within that community. So have cultural competency. And one thing that I've read studies on that's really important is making sure that um, people are trained like to have... Uh, cultural proximity to the people that they're serving so that they don't come at it from a place of arrogance but they come out at it from a place of where you actually want to help the people and they feel that from you so first of all you have to ask them what their needs are once they give you what their needs are and they give you what they want to fix you have to work with them on implementing these needs. You can bounce ideas off of each other. You can tell them your ideas and they can tell you, well, this would work here, this wouldn't work here. Because there's been many situations where um, third parties have come in and implemented certain solutions that would work in the third party country, but they don't work in the country that it is being implemented in because there are cultural barriers or the culture is just different. So make sure you ask them what their needs are and then work on implementing these needs rather than the other way around where you make up this project and then after you're done making up the project you're just like hey can you help me implement this that won't work the second part and this is a little bit random but it's important and bear with me and i'll tell you why um make sure that women know about this project and make sure that they're involved in the planning processes and in voting and in the whole entire process even the execution process This is important because studies have shown that females actually tend to be more passionate about community-driven initiatives than men, and initiatives led and implemented by women tend to actually be the most successful successful types of initiatives, and this is across the board in peace processes and in rebuilding and reconstruction and development. So those are the two suggestions I would have for making sure that community-driven development is being realized. So I'd love to hear all of your thoughts. I'd love to hear if you guys think that Uh, community-driven development is a good alternative to aid or if you think that aid should be completely withdrawn and depending on your level of expertise i'd love to hear what you think about aid in general and how you think that we can help people who need it the most um so i really enjoyed recording this and Suhaib is still here so thank you (laughs) (laughs) so we're having a little bit of trouble today (laughs) recording without laughing but 
Thank you so much for being on this podcast with me. Thanks for having me. <laughs> okay. And I hope you guys enjoyed the comedic relief. I know we don't usually have that when I'm recording alone. So I really appreciate you adding this comedy. Swipe is 13 and yeah. Um, so thank you so much. Make sure to subscribe if you enjoyed this. And thanks for listening to The Other and Perspective. subscribe to my YouTube channel. Oh, yeah. Other thing. He has a YouTube channel. It's called Very Interesting. It's an Among Us YouTube channel. I'll give you Corona if you don't sub. I mean, no. <laughs> we're professional on this podcast. Uh, okay. Um, yeah, so subscribe to his YouTube channel. I'll link it in the description. Oh, really? Yeah. Let's go, baby. So he's really happy about that. So I'll link it in the description and I will catch you guys on the next Other Perspective podcast. Thank you.